Welcome to the Hands in Motion podcast, brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. Here we will discuss all things upper extremity therapy, from assessment to treatment, the latest research, the patient experience, and other topics related to the field of upper extremity rehab. Learn more and subscribe today at ASHT.org. Welcome back to another episode of Hands in Motion. I'm Kara Smith. And I'm Stephanie Strauss. On this episode, we are joined by the chairman of the American Hand Therapy Foundation, Jim King, to discuss what AHTF does as an organization, how they support the field of hand therapy through research and education, and the collaboration between the Tri-Alliance of AHTF, ASHT, and HTCC. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what your experience is in, and how you came to us this evening. Sure. Well, thank you guys both very much. And and I also want to thank Rachel and the American Society of Hand Therapists for giving me the opportunity to share some information about the American Hand Therapy Foundation. My name is Jim King. I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm a practicing occupational therapist, have been for over 40 years. I was a member of the very first certification exam group. I was actually an item writer for that exam. I am a past president of ASHT, and I've been in this position of chairman of the American Hand Therapy Foundation, which I'll probably refer more often to AHTF, for just about a year. And I've been on the board for nine years. Okay, great. So actually, what is AHTF? Give us a little background about what that is. Absolutely. So the American Hand Therapy Foundation was founded over 30 years ago by a group of very forward-thinking and insightful therapists who, and actually the idea was born in the research committee of ASHT. The founders of our foundation included people like Nancy Cannon, who's a past president of ASHT, Elaine Fess, who was on our board until recently and and our treasurer for many years, and a past chairman of the foundation, Donna Brieger-Lee, also a past ASHT president, and Jane Bear Lehman. And the idea came out that there would be funding for research and education in hand and upper extremity rehabilitation. And these guys, as I say, were very insightful because there's been no other major foundation to this day in in the world that has its principal and primary goal of being funding research into what therapists do every day, which is practice hand and upper extremity rehabilitation. So, Jim, what is now, I guess, the relationship with ASHT? Is it underneath? Is it side by side? How are they related? It's a really great question, and thank you for giving me an opportunity to clarify that. AHTF is actually part of the Tri-Alliance of Hand Therapy. We are in partnership with the HTCC, the Hand Therapy Certification Commission, and the American Society of Hand therapists, but we are separate organizations, all three. 
We work very closely with those other two organizations to promote hand and upper extremity rehabilitation as a specialty of occupational and physical therapy, but we are definitely separate organizations, although even more so in the last few years, we have continued to work more and more closely with supporting ASHT and ASHT and HTCC are both great supporters of the foundation. So how is the board comprised? Is there an election or how does that process work? So our board is comprised of of volunteers. There are no paid members on our board. All of our board members are volunteers. We have some lifetime members, members who have been on the board prior to a couple of years ago when we changed the membership criteria. But for the most part, many of our board members are long term, long time contributors to the hand therapy world. We have researchers, we have many past presidents of ASHT, we have a physician uh, board member. And I, I'd really just like to kind of walk through those folks with you because these are, are great, hardworking people. And I want to emphasize again, these are volunteers. The foundation is almost 100%. The funding that goes towards our grants and our awards come directly from you know our donors. And we have a very, very low overhead. We don't have a, a brick and mortar headquarters. We are very happy that we've recently developed a relationship with association headquarters, which is, of course, the same management association as ASHT. Our executive director is Anna Schneider, and we've really benefited from that relationship. Our vice chairman is Gary Solomon, who is a past president of ASHT. Our two directors of development is Dorit Aaron, past president, and April Cowan, who's our director of grants. And I'll talk a little bit more about April and her important role as we, when we talk about the grants that we offer. Barbara Winthrop is our chairman of our largest fundraiser, which we'll talk about in a, in a few minutes of the happy hour with a scholar that's going to be coming up at the ASHT meeting in St. Louis. She's also a past president. Michael Epstein, a hand surgeon who's retired now, but is you know, just a widely recognized as an eminent hand surgeon in his time and also has contributed so much to our board. Caroline Jansen, Gretchen Bachman, who's our treasurer. Marshall Lawrence is a member. Linda Klein, our secretary, who's a past president. Marisol Monasterio, who's a past president of the Texas Hand Society. And our newest member is Alex McKenzie from the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York. So these are all volunteers. We meet on a regular basis, of course, and we have organized our foundation's operations. And you can get a better feel for that if you go to ahtf.org. So are these positions, are they elected? Like, do you have like an open time where you can run for a position? And then how long are the terms in each of those positions? So our board members are elected by other board members. And so the, of course, the, we are a 501c3 organization registered with the IRS. We're, our articles of incorporation were in Indiana. And uh, of course, we have bylaws and how we manage our organization. So members are elected for two four-year terms. 
As I mentioned earlier, we have some lifetime board members and we are constantly looking for volunteers. Most of our board members have been volunteers with the organization before they became board members. So we have fundraisers, we have, we need people to review grants. There's plenty of ways to volunteer for AHTF activities. And that's how we get to know people. We have currently 13 board members. We've had more than that. We've had less than that. You know, our bylaws allow us to have up to 20 board members. But, you know, for now, we're constantly looking for people who want to contribute and bring talents of time and and energy to the board. It's a great organization, and we're very proud of our board members and their contributions. So just a little caveat. I know I did a little bit of volunteer work, very small with Gary as far as the recent run. So, I mean, it wasn't a lot of time. It just, you know, it was a little bit of time I was able to volunteer and help out with something. It wasn't a huge commitment, but it was something I was able to help out with. So that could be something that maybe our listeners are able to just reach out and say, hey, is there any help? You know, do you need any help with anything? And you might be able to be directed into to an area that needs needs some assistance. We are very grateful for the types of contributions that you just described. It's what makes our fundraisers work well. We're also always looking for people to tell our story. And that's something that comes through the recipients of grants and our awards. We're just putting together a promotional video that talks about, you know, many of the, the awardees of have provided us with testimonials about how the grant helped their research. So there's there's a lot of people involved with AHTF, but it's sort of a, a quiet group. You know, it's the researchers, it's the people who who benefit from the grants and are are willing to do stuff. But you know, as I said a couple of times already, and I'll continue to say it, it is a great story and it's a worthy organization for volunteer work and donations. So Jim, you've alluded to some events and the grants. And so tell us, I guess, the meat and bones, your goals or your, the main functions of this foundation. Thank you. It's a great question. And I think it goes back to, as I try to tell the story clearly, is to go back to our mission. And I'll just read our mission and to be very clear what it is we do. The American Hand Therapy Foundation is a not-for-profit 501c3 charitable organization whose mission is to improve patient outcomes by promoting evidence-based practice through funding clinical and scientific research and education. So that's really what we do. Like all charitable organizations, we basically have two functions, receive and, and grow our donor base. And we try to gather more funding for these projects. And then we administer grants. Our website has a very dynamic listing of these different grants, but I'd like to go through a couple of them if you think this would be the good time to do it. Absolutely. So the fun thing about our grants is you don't have to fill out an NIH application to be considered. We have an application process. It's done blindly. It's done fairly so that people who are applying for our grants get a good shot. We have a number of older grants that have been around for a while. These are grants that are named often for 
some of the real power hitters in our history. The first is the Burkhalter New Investigator Grant, which is a $12,500 grant for clinical research in hand and upper extremity rehabilitation for a researcher, for basically for a new researcher who lacks experience. So that's a really great entry-level grant. The Judy Bell Kratoski Grab the Evidence Grant is for basic science and studies to grow the evidence base that supports hand therapy and upper limb rehabilitation. It's up to $10,000. AHTF also administers the Tri-Alliance Grant honoring ASHT founders. This is a large grant. It's up to $30,000. We seek to promote meaningful research in hand therapy through the funding of one or more grants. And these are, that's a big award. And it's something that you know, we're looking for applications, studies that will make an impact. We have the Evelyn Mackin Traveling Hand Therapist Award. And of course, everyone knows about Ev's you know, recent passing and we want to honor her and continue to honor her legacy. Evelyn was a very important part of the founding of the American Hand Therapy Foundation. But so the Traveling Hand Therapist Award funds a practicing occupational physical therapist who is a current member of ASHT and CHT by giving them an opportunity to go to a U.S. or foreign destination to an area that lacks training and access to hand therapy to present on a specific domain of hand therapy. And that's up to $5,000. We have the Janet Albrecht Memorial Scholarship. It's a new grant. It's up to $1,000. The award provides funding for professional development to support an occupational therapist or physical therapist interested in pursuing certification in hand therapy. So here's an opportunity or a post-professional advanced degree. So if somebody just wants to fill out the application, they could get up to $1,000 towards their education to become a CHT. And then we have the Mary Cash Hand Therapy Certifications Scholarship. This is in recognition of Mary C. Cash. And, you know, most of the listeners will know Mary's name. Mary was president of the HTC for many years and then the executive director of that organization. This award is to assist a well-deserving occupational or physical therapist to receive a financial scholarship to facilitate in the process of becoming certified hand therapist up to $1,500. So we've got just a couple more, and these are really particularly interesting and very exciting for us to announce. We have the Doris Ann Slack Upper Extremity Education and Research Innovation Fund we are thrilled to announce this. This was a, a large donation to the AHTF and established the Doris Hand Slack Education and Research Innovation Fund. The purpose of the fund is to encourage and support clinical innovations. And we use the money from the fund to help fund other researchers. And, and you know, Doris Hand Slack and her family have been very generous in providing us with this fund. Then we have the IDM Stern Research Education Grant, which is also new. It's created due to a generous donation from Ida M. Stern, and it's, this grant is intended to promote research education in the field of hand rehab and secondarily to expand evidence-guided hand therapy services, and it's up to $500. And the, the newest and really, at this point, the, the crown of the group is our joint AHTF and American Foundation for Surgery of the Hand Collaborative Research Grant. We have partnered with the American Foundation for Surgery of the Hand for a collaborative research grant. This grant is open to any hand and upper extremity surgery therapy group. We're looking for a hand surgeon, hand therapist team to submit 
a research study or a clinical study, and it's up to $20,000. So you guys, these are some big awards. There's a lot of small awards too, which allows us to really spread the you know, the wealth, so to speak. And you don't have to have a major double-blind you know, placebo trial to, to be able to apply for a grant. These are grants that are designed to you know, provide practical points for practicing hand therapists to be able to read this information. And of course, many of our studies have been published in the Journal of Hand Therapy. So including uh, the upcoming special issue on musculoskeletal injuries, there's an AHTF grant sponsored study in that upcoming issue. So we're very proud of these grants. It's come a long way. For years, the, the foundation had two or three grants. Now you can see we have a whole list. So sorry to bore you with the details. There's lots more information about these grants and when to apply the AHTF website. That's great. And I think, like you said, there's something for everyone. I mean, like you said, there's money for someone who's wanting to sit for the CHT exam and needing funds for education. And then there's also, I mean, I, as someone who hasn't done any publishing and starting to dip my toes into doing some research, there's that opportunity as well. Because I know that sometimes that can be an overwhelming piece as well Is how are you going to pay for your research, your time, your whatever expenses you have. And I think that's the foundation obviously has a variety of ways that can assist therapists in doing so. So that's, that's fantastic. You hit the nail on the head that we, on a year in year out basis, we need more applicants. You know, we want to spread the word that this money is available. There have been years when we don't fund some of these grants because either we don't have an application or we don't have an application worthy of the award. The way it works is applicants will send in their, their submission packet and their study, and then these studies are awarded based on the research committee's recommendations, and they are blinded when they're doing the reviews. We look at every aspect of the study. Some of the studies, I mean, some of the best experiences, frankly, that we've had are people who submit an application and it's just, it's like free editorial <laughs> review. I mean, you know, our research and our grants committee are some top-notch researchers and they'll oftentimes reject an application, but they'll send it back with so much information that the person is able to take that information and then resubmit for another grant or you know, go ahead and just publish. And, and we, we feel, you know, very consultative in this process. It is certainly not punitive. And, you know, anyone who's done any publishing knows when you submit, you're opening yourself up to a lot of criticism, but that's the beauty of research. We should be having these conversations and that's how we grow and develop as an organization and as a profession and how we will become better recognized as the leaders in this area is by having the dialogue and, and generating better research and evidence-based research that, that really moves the needle on how we practice. And that's really the gist of going back to your original question. That's really the gist of what we do. That's so encouraging because I think research can be intimidating and applying for grants and writing your protocol and all of that. I mean, everything can be so so intimidating. And you, like you said, you are putting yourself out there and there is going to be criticism if you publish or, or whatever. And so I, 
that's encouraging to me to hear that if I were to apply, that I would be given some feedback to and some guidance in that. So I appreciate your committee and or your, I guess your board that is doing that for our fellow therapists. AHTF is a very inclusive organization. You know, I've benefited personally from the support that I've received in the past from, you know, submitting research. And years ago, I've actually been the guest editor of three special issues of the Journal of Hand Therapy. And I think the thing I love most about our profession, ASHT, HTCC, and AHTF combined is that this is a very positive and supportive organization that really wants to see therapists grow. You know, I'm fond of telling people that I have learned and benefited much, much more from participating in these three organizations. The value far exceeds what I've given. And I'm, I'm really, really proud of our foundation, but I'm proud of our whole profession for being so inclusive and, and so supportive and positive, as you say, to make it you know, a better profession for everyone. How do you raise the money to support the missions with all these, the monies that you're giving away? Sure. Fundraising is obviously a big part of every foundation's work and AHTF is no exception. We have several large fundraisers each year. But as our board is, hears me say often that if the Red Cross needed to have a fundraiser every time there was a hurricane, then you know that would delay and deny many people funding they need at their time of need. And what I would ask our listeners to consider is that the foundation's work is very important, and we are in need of donations to be able to support and grow our grants and our awards. And so there's many ways that people can donate. The easiest way is simply to do a one-time donation and go to the, the website and donate. We actually have a text to donate function. You can text the word hand. That's quite catchy, isn't it? Text hand. <laughs> Easy to remember. Yeah, three four five three four five. It's pretty simple. Oh, <laughs> super easy. <laughs> super easy. But you know, we have donors that you know want to give monthly. I always tell people, you know, skip the Starbucks line once a month and give to AHDF. We have ways for people to honor a physician, a loved one, a teacher, or a colleague through tributes. We also have it in memory of, in which if someone wants to make a donation in memory of a family member or a colleague, we're able to accept that on their behalf. And we will, we will notify the person if it's requested that we're honoring or memorializing. So it's really easy to give money to HDF. And 90 cents out of every dollar goes directly to funding our research grants and our awards. We have three major fundraisers each year. You mentioned earlier the virtual run, and that's been a very successful venture for us. Just concluded, was very positive and very, you know, very successful this year, even in the middle of a pandemic. Although it probably was better to have a virtual run <laughs> in, rather than <laughs> an in-person run a few months ago. Now, hopefully, you know, we're going to be able to do some more of those kinds of events in person. 
what I'd like to put a, a big plug in for is our, our major fundraiser, which is the person who organizes for the foundation is Barbara Winthrop. Barbara just does an outstanding job. It's the happy hour with a scholar event. It's going to be held in St. Louis and virtually for those who cannot attend the ASP meeting. October 8th, 2021 It's the Friday. And I'm very excited to share with you that the presenter is Susan McKinnon, MD, and her topic will be, There's No Crying in Innovations. So we'd love for you guys to join. There is a donation to join virtually and in person, and we'd love to have you participate. Our happy hour with the scholarship events have been going on now for over five years, and each year... Even through the pandemic last year, we had a full virtual deal. Some many yeah, of you joined. And fantastic. It, was, it, it really was. And, and we had a lot of fun doing it. I mean, we all learned a lot, of course, trying to do something of that magnitude virtually. But again, you know, Barbara and her committee, Gretchen, Dorit, these folks are just, they just work so hard to make these events successful. So those are our two events. We have one more coming up towards the end of the year. It's called the Holiday Silent Auction. You know, you guys might remember in years past, we've had at the exhibit hall on the opening night, we've had silent auctions. Logistically, that's very difficult. And people don't, they can't figure, they don't bid because they don't, they can't figure out how they want to get something home. So we just took it all virtual. And we actually did very well with it last year. I'm very excited. A lot of really neat art pieces, books. We anticipate as courses come back online that we're going to be, you know, more CEU courses and that sort of thing. And, you know, we've had some generous, generous folks in that too. Our vendors that, you know, are there at the exhibit hall, Hand Rehabilitation Foundation in Philadelphia, the Indianapolis course. These are our folks who have been given, you know, Judy Colditz and her group. We've always been able to count on these guys to do those kinds of things. So we're really excited about those events coming up this year. And I'm, I'm really, I anticipate that as things sort of hopefully get back to a little bit more normal, that we'll be able to do those things again. So what kind of activities do you have planned or does... AHTF have planned at our annual meeting this year? So we talked about the happy hour with a scholar event. That's on Friday. We'll also have a booth in the exhibit hall. I'm absolutely so excited to tell you that most, almost all of our board members will be there to to share the story. The other thing I'm, I'm really excited to, to say is we, you know, reach back to ASHT, the foundation will be sponsoring the scientific sessions at the annual meeting. And that's just our way of giving back to this profession. And, you know, this is a little bit outside of our grants and awards that we typically do. But every year we look to build more relationships and try very hard to share the value of the foundation with our members. You know, in so many ways and most charitable organizations, the benefit of donating your hard-earned money is very evident. You know, we talked about the Red Cross, the American Heart Association, these really famous foundations and organizations. You can see it every way. Ours, a little more subtle, you know, the publications, those, those events. I really feel like there are 
you have to look a little harder to see the value of AHTF. But when you peel back, you know, the layers a bit, you start to see some of the great publications and presentations that have been beneficiaries of AHTF grants and awards, the story gets a whole lot better. That's so true because we all benefit from research that's published and we all can think of those articles and say, oh, this has had such a great impact on my profession. Maybe we aren't the ones benefiting from the actual grant money, but we do benefit from the publication of that research. And it might have changed how we practice or, you know, just our, our implementation of some evidence from, and maybe that, like you said, if you pull back the layers, you can see how maybe your funds, like me donating my weekly Starbucks run or whatever, how that then goes into an article being published that ultimately changes maybe the way I practice. So maybe for some people that aren't interested in doing research, maybe that's a way to think about how you can support this foundation. Yep. So a good example, just this year, a AHTF funded publication or study, excuse me, by Kim McVie called Dynamic Stabilization Home Exercise Program for Treatment of Thumb Carpal Metacarpal Osteoarthritis, a prospective randomized control trial was published in the Journal of Hand Therapy. I guarantee you, you can find that it's in June, 2021. It's an Excellent, excellent study. And it will change the way you practice. It will absolutely change the way you practice. And I mean, that's just one example. I've got, you know, five pages of recent publications here, which then these are all listed. I won't bore you with the details, but I will tell you, these are all listed in our website. And, you know, and these come because of the donors who provide the funding. And that's, like I say, that's sometimes that's a $20 one-time donation. Or, you know, in the case of Julie Belkin at Three Point Products, she's been, Julie has, has given money. She's given materials from her company. She's a great supporter. Mark Beal from North Coast has been a, an adamant supporter. You know, we always see opportunities to work with the vendors. And so many of them have been generous for so many years but I, I think it's a group effort, but this is the benefit. And we're focused, laser focused on providing research and grants that are going to change the way that we practice. And this is, this is really, you know, the only foundation in, in the world that's focused on this. So the benefit for the individual therapist is monumental. And we are so grateful for the people who, who provide us with our, our funding for these opportunities. I think we pretty much hit everything that we wanted to cover. What do you think, Jim? Well, I think that if I could just make a closing comment, it's a, you know, sort of a dovetail from what I was just talking about. I had the opportunity a few years ago to present at a major meeting about the foundation and there were over 150 therapists in the room and it was great and got up and had about five minutes, you know, the the quick, the elevator speech, right? Here we go. So I I got up and then I said, I say, how many of you show of hands think that research is important to our profession? How many hands do you think went up? I mean, 
it was 150 plus because some people put two hands hope. Up, right? <laughs> yeah everybody agrees that research is important and the point i made was if you think research is important then you better support it this stuff isn't for free nobody gets it for free the people that apply for our grants these are expensive studies and there's tons of cost involved but you know we're also the benefit is that when you see something come out like a publication that came out in this journal of sports rehabilitation called the effect of scapular muscle strengthening on functional recovery in patients with lateral elbow tendinopathy a pilot randomized control trial that's real stuff and this is published this year and these are the kinds of studies that are going to have an impact on how we practice clinically every day. And I, I use that. I'm a practicing clinician. I see patients every single day. And I use this information, too. So I'm, I'm very proud of the organization, very proud of the foundation, and very grateful for you guys' time. And thank you, you and the American Society of Hand Therapists, for giving us an opportunity to work together. Yeah, we appreciate you joining us. And I know I learned some new things this evening about the foundation. And I am so excited about the happy hour with the scholar. I always enjoy that event at the annual meeting. Well, thank you for your support. They like say this is a great opportunity for us. Anytime we can tell the story, particularly to your esteemed audience, because you guys are doing a great job. And I want to tell you that I've enjoyed all the podcasts so far. You guys do a wonderful job. Both, you know, Steph, you and Kara both are wonderful. So thanks. Thank you. We appreciate it. And again, myself, thanks for the insight. Like Kara said, I've learned a lot this evening. I knew a little bit about what you guys did, but you really gave us a really good explanation and clarification. So if anybody's looking to do research and looking for funding, absolutely check the Hand Therapy Foundation out, I'm sure, on their website. Yeah. Tell us one more time what the website is so if people want to find it. Sure. It's AH tf.org. And I want to say we've worked very, very hard with our search engine people to make that <laughs> pop up first because there are some <laughs> other organizations with those initials. It's actually pretty entertaining, but the only one that really matters is aatf.org. <laughs> Join us and we'll see you guys in St. Louis. Great. All right. Thanks Thank so much. you. Have a great night. All right, guys. Thanks. Good night. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hands in Motion, brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. You can listen on the ASHT website and or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Once subscribed, please rate and review the podcast to help us reach new listeners and continue offering valuable and relevant content. You've been listening to Hands in Motion, brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. To learn more about ASHT and to subscribe to the show, please visit ASHT.org. We'll see you next time on the Hands in Motion podcast. Hands in Motion.